We are changing the global conversation on emotional health and self-love. Our feelings are just feedback, and that feedback is constantly giving us valuable insights as to what still needs to be healed. It is that simple, and it is that complicated. When you continuously follow your passion and do what brings you joy, adding more pleasure and fun to your life, you can't go wrong. You can't fail. I pinky swear that to be true. Welcome to How to Be a Human with Lise Wilcox. I love this conversation. Hello, and welcome back to the show. I am so happy you're here, and I am so happy to welcome my friend, Dr. Nicolia Williams. How are you? I am great and so excited and honored to be here. (laughs) I'm so glad that you're here. Um, Tell me again, where in the world are you joining us from? I am in the States and Ohio. You're in Ohio. Why do I always think you're in Chicago? Um, I'll take it. I like Chicago. (laughs) (laughs) I also like Chicago. Maybe that's why I'm like superimposing that on (laughs) you. So Nicolia and I met when we were both doing our master's level NLP certification fairly recently. Um, And Nicolia, there was something that you said that punched me in the face that I immediately was like, oh man, we need to dive into this. And that was, we interviewed 23 different women and they each had a different definition of success. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So what I want to talk to you about today on how to be a human honestly how to reframe our definition of success. But first, I want to ask you a couple of questions just to get to know you in a different way. Okay. Awesome. I'm down. Um, What is your favorite comfort food? My favorite comfort food? Oh, that's so hard. I'm such a foodie. Um, (laughs) Pretty much anything sweet. So I like muffins. I like cookies. I like um, Twizzlers. Mm. Anything sweet. Yeah. Well, you really do the whole gamut of sweet stuff too. That's like all different textures. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm a very, very, very dangerous sweet tooth. I thought you were going to say, I have a very sophisticated sweet tooth. No, not sophisticated at all. I go from Twizzlers to fancy Panera bread muffins. So, uh, And what is the, it's hard to narrow it down to one song, but what's the first song that comes to mind that I say like really just fires you up that makes you like get up off the couch and start dancing? Oh my gosh. And I should know the name of it. It's it's like a song by um, Rihanna and it gets me like freaking moving in 2.5 seconds. Um, and I can't think of the name of it. So I probably would say this song by Janae Aiko and um, it's called Lightning and Thunder. Oh, that was a question that I wasn't ready for. John Lennon. <laughs> Janae Aiko. Yeah, I like these. You know, it's... Um... Like my intention behind this podcast really is to just talk to very interesting people because I know so many interesting people and I feel like those conversations are totally worth being heard. And we talk about how to be a human because all of us are living this shared emotional experience, but everybody thinks we're having it in isolation, right? Yes. And so it's always important to me just to like get a sense of the humanness because you have like a PhD, you've written nine, ten, ten. Nine ten books. Yes, 10. <laughs> 10 like best-selling books. And I also still want to know, like, what is your what is your favorite thing to do on the weekend? 
Uh, oh, the song just came to me, and then I'll tell you my favorite thing yeah. on the weekend. Loyalty by Rihanna. That's it. Loyalty. Loyalty. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. My favorite thing to do on the weekend is um, is sleep in. Like, if I can be a little bit honest, I am such a structured person Monday through Friday um, amongst, like, helping my girls and running a business and just kind of balancing all the things. And when I say sleep in, I don't really mean sleep in. Um, I mean sleeping until, like, 8 o'clock. <laughs> um, <laughs> I call to waking up at 5.30 in the morning. So. Um, I like that. And really what I like, um, a lot of times my girls and I will build forts and we'll sleep in our fort. And so like the slow moving morning of just enjoying those moments, because those are moments you don't get back. Oh yeah. That's so beautiful. How old are your kids? They're 11 and seven. Actually, my daughter will be 12 in just a few short weeks. Oh, right. Oh, my daughter's turning 10 in just a couple of weeks. My kids are eight, eight and 10. Awesome. Very close in age. (laughs) I know. Okay, so let's dive in. Can you tell me a little bit about, tell me a little bit about your expertise in redefining success? And then we'll work our way back from there. Awesome. Yeah. So um, first off, when I think of the word expert, I always think of somebody who has gained their expertise through um, experience in unique ways. So for me, I did not necessarily get a degree in success, but I studied success. So my doctorate degree is in transformational leadership. And Mm -hmm. I really studied um, leadership as it related to entrepreneurship and the ways that entrepreneurs show up as leaders. And um, my dissertation research was on the way in which women entrepreneurs view and conceptualize success. And I interviewed 23 women in total. And um, it was so interesting because I believe, and we all know this, but society sells us this idea of what success is. And for a long time, I struggled around that idea of what success was supposed to look like. Mm -hmm. And it made me really interested because as I moved into the entrepreneurial space, more and more people would, you know, they were sharing money as their view of success, or they were Mm -hmm. sharing traveling and time freedom as their view of success. So I really wanted to see what success looked like and did an in-depth study um, of these 23 women entrepreneurs and the way in which they can conceptualized success. And so that is where my expertise comes from, is just really talking to people at different places in their life, different levels of their view of success, and really understanding success as it relates to them and in the collective as a whole. This is so cool, because I, uh, I mean, shocker, I agree with you that we have this like, very linear and incredibly narrow definition or expectation of what success looks like, right? And it's so rooted in this masculine energy model of do achieve, do achieve, do achieve, do achieve. So you want more, you do more, you achieve more. I don't know about you, but the clients that I work with one-on-one, like they're already very successful, you know, like by all metrics, by all standards, expectations, they've followed the rule book or they haven't followed the rule book and they still got to the top. And then they get to the top and they still have that moment of like, oh shit, I did everything right. And I thought it would feel different than this, right? And it's that moment of awakening of, and you know, this is not a criticism. I've been through this exact experience myself, this awakening moment of like, holy shit, I thought it would be different. Yeah. So what did I miss out on? So in in the women that you talk to in in your studies and your dissertation, what what did the answers, like what was the spectrum of ranges of definitions of success for people? 
Oh my goodness. I can't literally, there was not a single similar definition. Mm -hmm. Um, Some women ranked their level of success based on the relationships. Some Mm -hmm. women ranked their level of of success based on financial metrics. Some Mm -hmm. women uh, related their level of success based on generational metrics, such as like, I'm doing better than the generation before me. Some um, women ranked their level of success based on time freedom, um, they, they ranked it based on being available for their family. I mean, they, it was all, all over, it was all over the place. Um, but I was okay with that too, because, yeah. um, it's just confirmation that we don't have to have this one size fits all t-shirt that everyone's supposed to be squeezing into to define their level of success. What does success look like for you specifically? Yeah. So success looks, it's, it's funny. Um, as I was naming all those things, success kind of looks like a combination <laughs> of all of those things. Um, I grew up for me, I grew up in a very, I don't, I want to say lower class mm-hmm. household. Like, I mean, I always was fed, always had a roof over my head. Um, but I wore hand-me-downs for generations, mm-hmm. <laughs> excuse me. And so, um, Yeah. So that was for me, a level of success is being able to create a different lifestyle for my children where they're not. I mean, I literally wore boy clothes because I was the only girl of six cousins and I got all the hand me downs of all of my boy cousins before me. And so being able to provide for my children in that way is is success for me. Mm -hmm. Um, Being able a big piece of success for me. And I know that this sounds cliche, but I mean it wholeheartedly to Mm -hmm. deep down in my bones is impact right? Being able to create a ripple effect in my impact. So if I'm impacting somebody's life who then impacts somebody else's life and then impacts somebody else's life. So really being that catalyst um, for the impact and for that change. And then um, also time freedom is so huge to me. I Mm -hmm. lost my grandma at a very young age. My mom was super young when she had me. So my Mm -hmm. grandma was my second parent. Like that was Mm -hmm. my person. And uh, my grandma did everything for our family and unfortunately got diagnosed with dementia really, really early. And I'm not sharing this story for sympathy, but this story is actually what inspired me to go into the entrepreneurship uh, world because my grandma was still, you know, working her tail off, working 10 hours a day and stressing herself out and falling short at work and feeling guilty and doing all these things for everybody. And she, to me, she never got a chance to live. I would always tell my grandma, when I get, you know, when I get money, we're going to travel to Paris and we're going to do these things. And so for me, the greatest lesson I learned in that time was like, time is like irreplaceable. You could have all the money in the world. Um, you could have all the other things in the world, but like, if you don't get your time right, like that's the end of it. So time, having that time freedom to do things that matter is yeah. a huge component of success for me. My 2021 theme, I like, I think that new year's resolutions are such bullshit, but I like, <laughs> like, themes, like themes and intentions. And, um, for me, my theme and intention for 2021 is pleasure and presence. (laughs) You know, doing what feels good and enjoying it is like another way of saying that. Right. And again, you and I both work in the same space. We have very, very similar backgrounds professionally. And I'm really, (laughs) I'm really over this notion of like uh, manifesting is excellent. Like I'm about creating this vision of a life that you want to have specifically because of how it wants to feel right. Time freedom figured that's for me is that like, you know, having the luxury of time, this freedom of this expanse of time to, to opt in and opt out because you want to, not because you have to is like worth more than gold. Yes. And I'm really over 
this self-help personal growth space movement of like um, obsession over goals and like making it happen, making it happen. It's like fucking slow down and enjoy the process because I don't know if you know this, but like, we're all going to die. <laughs> like we're all going to die. And, and I, aware. Yeah. We, like, we don't ever want to talk about it. And because we don't ever want to talk about it and we keep it at the margins of our society and we never, ever want to look it straight in the face. I feel like we become beholden to this really antiquated rule book. Right. And we become again, like, obsessed with following the rules and doing what we think is right and doing what is expected of us. And we forget so much that like, oh my God, this ends. And you and I both know if you're really lucky, you get to live this like long, juicy life into your eighties and nineties. That is not a guarantee. That is not a guarantee. Like time is a luxury. We just like, you never, you just never know. Right. And so for me, focusing on pleasure and presence, again, to do what feels good and just enjoy it while holding a vision and still cultivating that vision through like actually experiencing the process and not rushing through, you know, this checklist of shit I have to do before I get what I want, like really shifting gears. Um, can That's you so me? interesting yeah. because I went, I went uh, live yesterday about that very mm-hmm. thing. I was like, mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times we, people set goals because that's when everyone else is doing right. And I did some like small little research, but um, I think it's January 19th is, is titled <laughs> National Quitters Day. And by January 19th, everyone has already quit on their New Year's resolution. And it's not because they don't want it. It's not because they're, you know, it's because they're going about it wrong. And like you said, we have to stop and smell the proverbial flowers from time yeah. to time. Stop and be mindful in the moment. My children teach me that. We were actually on a walk the other day and I was walking for the sake of walking. I wanted to get a couple, you know, steps in and get a certain number. And my daughter's like, look at this beautiful tree. And I, I cannot tell you that I've walked past this tree probably 50 times and never noticed it. And it was just confirmation. Like sometimes we need to stop and be still. We need to enjoy the moment. Um, And the lessons in that moment is huge. Yes. And so for me, that's like this return to a more feminine energy model. Mm-hmm. Of success and creation, right? And you know, we are in the age of Aquarius now. So it's like we are undoing, and I know it might be slow. Like I don't think it's going to be an overnight process, but we are undoing these systems that we have known so well that have been so um exclusive <laughs> at best. Uh, like that have worked for a very, very tiny percentage, few people, right? And we are learning and teaching a new way of being. And so I think that what you're saying, it just reminds me so much of this, this feminine energetic model of success to really not focus on metrics and um, uh, measurable outcomes and objectives. But again, to know specifically like this destination of where you're going and then base your success on values and quality versus quantity, right? Yes, yes. Um, I want more of that. <laughs> I just want so much more of that. And it's available when you said, like when you step into that feminine energy, that's huge. Mm-hmm. That's a huge piece of making that available for you. And so, you know, having a, like a literal PhD in this, how do we translate that from, you know, like a great idea into something that is actionable? And I'm aware 
that asking for something actionable is a much more masculine stance, but it's like to take <laughs> more ethereal, flowy energy. How do we actually package that out to the masses to be like, hey guys, this is actually how we do it? I think we decondition all the things we've been conditioned to be. All mm -hmm. the 2.5 kids, white picket fence, and a spouse and a job that you work until you're 65 that you're supposed to be happy and then retire and enjoy your retirement for 10 or 15, 20 years. I'm I think. <laughs> Right. Like, I, can't, I can't stop saying it. We're all I know know that that is like, I know that that sounds so extreme, but I think what we have to do is one, we have to recognize that we are so powerful. Mm -hmm. And then when we recognize that power, step into that power by giving ourselves permission to believe something different, to believe yeah. something different. What works for Lise may not work for Nicole yet, and that's okay. Um, what works for somebody else, really just identifying what works for you. Um, and part of the feminine piece, something new that I have been doing is instead of focusing on the outcome, mm -hmm. um, as far as like a metric, like, oh, I want to have this number of this amount of money in my business this month. A lot yeah. of times I'll focus on the feeling. What feeling yeah. do I want to have at the end of the month? Oh, okay. I'd like to have a feeling of peace that I was able to That's accomplish right. this thing. And so I seek peace and I prioritize peace instead of prioritizing some financial metric. Yeah. Um, and so I think really just, I, that sounds so extreme, but really deconditioning all the things we've been conditioned to believe, yeah. stepping into our power and shifting the focus on the emotion that we'd like to hold tight to and mm -hmm. um, moving in that way. And you know this, at least from our training, mm -hmm. but everything is energy and the energy that you vibrate at is the energy that you attract more things of. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that I've worked really, really hard to do is I've worked really hard to make gratitude a regular practice. As cliche mm -hmm. as that sounds, um, I recognize that when you vibrate at an energetic frequency of gratitude and gratefulness, you attract more things to be grateful for. Mm -hmm. So I think of things that I'm grateful for as it relates to what it is that I want. I'm grateful that I had time to create a fort with my kids and move slowly in the morning. Mm -hmm. And so then I attract more of those things to be grateful for with my children about, you know, like it kind of creates that atmosphere and that idea that what I want more of it can come to me yeah. um, as it relates to what I identify as success. I love that. And focusing on the feeling is so huge. And, you know, I have said a number of times on this podcast, on Instagram, anybody who will like stop and listen to me at the grocery store, <laughs> but we, we don't want the thing. We want the feeling. We think the thing is going to bring us. Yes. And, you know, we get, and I, I know you can attest to this, like we get obsessive about the number of zeros in our the zeros to the right, <laughs> not the zeros to the left, the <laughs> zeros to the right in our bank account, right? Like obsessive. And it's like, okay, cool. So you broke six figures. That means this about your status. Oh, you hit multiple six. Cool. That means this about your status. And I, I it's not even that I think I have witnessed firsthand what happens when you only focus again on this like super narrow exceptionally linear view of success, you lose sight of literally everything else. You know, I remember working with a client a couple of years ago who like did make six figures and she was like, I think I'm going to double my business. And it was like, okay, wicked. Like let's run through that and what that would look like. I'm not, I'm, gonna, I'm not actually a business coach. I'm like a holist. I feel like I should call myself a life consultant, but not even a coach. Cause it's like, Ooh. that's weird. <laughs> but nobody Googles life consultant. So SEO makes it really hard. <laughs> Anyway, so we were working together and she was like, I think I'm going to double my business. We started running through it and it was like, okay, cool. Here's 
like masculine, here is exactly how you're going to do that, right? Here are the people that you're going to have to hire. Here's what you're going to pay them. Here's what it looks like. And then we looked at it from the other side, which arguably is the more feminine energy. And it was like, so what will that feel like in your life? And, you know, it was like, okay, well, it's going to be a lot less time with her own one-on-one clients. It's going to be a lot more time managing teams. And then we kind of dropped it back even deeper. And it was like, so what's your intention behind this business? Like, what's your why? What's your passion? What's, what's your reason? Like, and all of a sudden she was like, oh my God, if I double my earnings, I lose everything I like about running my business. Wow. <laughs> it was like, well, that doesn't make any sense, does it? Wow. I know. And that always just struck such a powerful chord for me. And I use it as a metric in my own business of like, okay, okay, cool. You know, being an online entrepreneur, I know the rules and the outline of like what I quote unquote should do. And when I start to follow those rules and I like really invest in the the teams and, and the means that make those like rules viable. I hate it. <laughs> like it takes me away from everything yep. I love about running my own business. And therefore it's no longer fucking successful. Yeah. Right. Because success by your terms, somebody else's terms will say you yeah. are successful or your client. Oh, you are successful. You doubled yeah. your, your income, your revenue. But no, if you don't feel aligned with that and you're unhappy, that's mm-hmm. not the definition of success any longer. Exactly. Exactly. And that feeling of, and again, for me, and I think for you, it's like, it's freedom of time. It's being present. It's allowing myself to like, to be of service for service's sake, right? And be able to sit and witness, like, do you know how lucky we are to sit and witness the actual healing change people experience in in their lives, right? Yes. Yes. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful opportunity. So what would you say what's the right way to ask you this? Like, how would you, I know what the changes have been specifically with respect to like shifting, not only into gratitude, but into the frequency of gratitude, right? Mm-hmm. How have you noticed those changes in your life or what effect has that had on your life and on your own level of success? It's really helped me to attract, like I said, attract more, more of those things. So I was that person. Um, and I think we all can kind of fall into this habit, um, whether it's like FOMO or the novelty of looking at something new. When we wake up out of our sleep, wake up from bed, we're like, oh, let me jump on social media or let me check my email. And um, while that's feels like the right thing to do in the morning. Oh, you knock your email out or you're checking and catching up on social media. It really sets the tone for you. So what I did is I replaced those two morning habits with gratitude and, and setting the intention. And um, my gratitude is more of like a prayer of gratitude. Like mm-hmm. I list the things that I'm grateful for in a prayer format. And I'm not a very like, uh, I'm not going to just say gratitude for the sake of saying gratitude. Like, oh, thanks mm-hmm. for my house. Thanks for my car. Thanks. You know, like it's very, very detailed. Thank you for the client that I'm going to be able to meet with today mm-hmm. and impact in this level. Like it's a very detailed level of gratitude. Mm-hmm. And then um, I move into setting the intention because a lot of times we um, we wait for the day to tell us what we want to feel <laughs> or what to happen in the day to determine how we feel. Mm-hmm. But when you set the intention, you really set the precedence. You set the foundation from which you build your day upon. And mm-hmm. so when I started incorporating those two things, that gratitude and really setting the intention, what I noticed is I started to get um, 
I started to, again, like I mentioned, attract more things to be grateful for because I'm obviously vibrating at a higher frequency. Mm -hmm. But with the intention setting piece, what was so cool about that is as I began to set the intention for how I want to feel or how I want to impact someone today or whatever it may be, I started to get those like intuitive downloads, those Mm -hmm, ideas mm -hmm. of like, oh, this is how I'm going to feel peace. So for example, maybe I'm like, I really want to feel at peace today. And I keep saying peace because if you guys are, uh, I don't know if you know this, but human design, human design is um, amazing tool that helps you Mm kind of understand how you operate in the world. But my human design type, I need peace. Like that is what I seek. So um, it's funny. I never knew that until probably about a year ago. And I'm like, wow, that is something I really was setting the intention for, for years and didn't understand. So um, I set the intention for peace and then I'll find things throughout the day where it's like, you know what, maybe answering this phone call or responding to this email this way is not going to give me peace. And I'll feel that in my body. And I'll say, okay, so then that's something I don't need to respond to. (laughs) But really setting that intention helps me to basically set my success barometer for the day by setting that intention. Um, When I was going through the most challenging period of time in my life, um, intention setting was what I used. And interestingly, it's so funny, you know, full circle, like, I really do believe we're all having the same emotional human experience, even though it it manifests differently in, in people's lives, right? But I remember, like, first, I had this shift into gratitude, and I like stopped judging because I used to be ridiculously judgmental and I like stopped that energy because it was so painful. And you know, as well as I do, when you're judging other people, you're not, you're judging yourself. And it's like a constant, it's constantly berating and self-flagellation. And it was like, so that needs to stop. And so the first thing I did was shift into gratitude. And when I shifted into gratitude, interesting, I started to get all these intuitive downloads. And then when I got all the intuitive downloads, I knew I needed to make some significant changes in my life. And And I'm like, we're like right in the book. It's like, yeah, man, is it a mystery? Yes. Is it predictable? Also? Yes. So, you know, I made these decisions in my life and these changes in my life. And it was so fucking hard that, um, I remember going to this Buddhist deck, like a card a day deck. This was a brand new world for me. And I would pull an intention every single day. And every morning, like before my feet hit the floor, I read this intention. And it was, I remember one specifically was like, today I will respond with grace and kindness. And that one really stands out because it was like, every time, every time I had one of those conversations and every time I had one of those internal conversations, I made myself pause and shifted into today. I will respond with grace and kindness. And for me, I, I like, I, I love the notion of touchstone. Like when you set an intention, you said that like it kind of uh, basically sets the course of how you want to feel and how would call that a touchstone, right? It's this like anchor point for our day of like, okay, I'm aware that I'm getting anxious or I'm aware that I'm getting really angry and I can acknowledge that and I can feel it and I can pull myself back to like this very grounded place of where I want to be, right? Like really doing this like a holistic uh, approach to emotional health, like naming it and feeling it and identifying it and still having enough grace to come back to like, okay, that is a feeling. I know where it's coming from and I'm going to choose now to shift out of it and into this different energy. And it's, like, okay, so it works. <laughs> it's like, yes. no, apparently it's not just me. It works for it works for everyone. No, it's so funny how in alignment we were with both of those two pieces. That is hilarious. Well, and then I wanted to ask you, which human design are you? 
I am. So this is a very interesting story. Um, but I had someone run a chart for me and it was running correctly. <laughs> so for the first like three months of me understanding human design, I believed I was a manifesting generator, but I'm not too far off. I'm a manifester. Okay. Um, and I actually started studying um, and really weaving human design in to a lot of the work I do because it's just is so insightful. Um, it's so insightful. Like I just said, you know, for example, my whole life, I'm like, yeah, I've been seeking peace and didn't even realize why that, why I was prioritizing peace until I got to kind of the root of it. And I realized that when I do continue to prioritize that I'm at my greatest level, I'm most effective. I am most in my zone. I am most me. Yes. Um, okay. So shocker again, I'm also manifest, um, I'm manifest generator. Oh, yes. <laughs> so now I'm like, ooh, maybe this because we're the same design. And for anybody who doesn't know, actually, can you because you're trained in human design, aren't you? Like you're yes, trained. I am. I'm certified in it. Yeah. Can you give me like a 100 words or less definition of what it is just to kind of inform people who don't know about it? Because this shit is so wild. I, the best way to say it is human design is a simple, a simple way for you to better understand your unique genetic makeup mm -hmm. and how you operate in the world, how you give energy as well as how you receive energy. And um, there's five different types, but the types mm -hmm. are just like the start of the surface. Like there's so there are profiles and there's an authority and there's a strategy. So basically it's teaching you your type, meaning um, how you operate in the world, whether yeah. you move quite quick, whether, whether you move slow, whether you're a starter, whether you're an action taker, like those sort of things. Um, and then we move into like your authority and your strategy. So how you make decisions, how you're in your best zone, um, all those things. And while a lot of times, I know this is more than a hundred words, but I'm, we're like, oh, you know, well, you can take a Myers-Briggs or an Enneagram or whatever. The personality tests are great, but personality tests tell you who you are after you've been conditioned to be you, after you've lived through the world and learned certain things. And honestly, personality tests can change. Human design never changes. It's literally based on um, a lot of things like um, the chakras and the, your horoscope and just a bunch of different things. And it is it is embedded from the moment you were born. So it's a very specific thing. You have to know your month and your date and your your time yeah. of birth and your location. Um, but it is it is mind blowing. Like the first reading I ever had, even though it was inaccurate, there are a lot of there's a lot, a lot of overlaps between manifestors yeah. and manifesting generators. And when I got my additional reading, I was like, oh, this is amazing. Like this is why I operate this way, or this is why I'm different than yeah. this person. So it's just very insightful. And I actually recommend um, everyone get a human design reading just mm -hmm. because it um it just raises awareness about who you are. Sure, you know what movies you like, what ice cream you like, but I mean under underneath that iceberg, underneath yeah. those we see who you really are behind the scenes so yeah this is this is such a sexy conversation like to me <laughs> um, I would I, I do this with values too like when I explain I you and I both know and I think people listening know too because I've said it so many times that like our actions and behavior are just a tiny a tiny piece of the puzzle right yes. our actions and behavior are guided by our thoughts and our thoughts are 100% dictated by our deeply held subconscious beliefs, which is why, fun fact, by January 19th, fucking everyone has quit their, their New Year's resolutions because they're not actually changing their beliefs. They're only changing their actions and behaviors, which is dumb because that's like not the hard part. The hard part is the deeper stuff, right? But then we also have this set of values. And to me, values and human design become very, very similar because it's like, 
who am I without the programming? You know, like we've, for so many of us who were born in a particular place in a particular decade, it's like, yes, we all had a very different upbringing. We've also had a lot of the same programming a lot. And I mean like literal programming from watching television and movies and listening to music, like it's programming. Yes. Strip it away. It's like, wait, who am I? without the cultural narratives? Who am I without the geographical narratives? Who am I without the family narratives, right? Who am I at my core? And for me, I like to use the analogy. It gets like, I get so meta about this because it really starts to kind of play with, oh, wait, what is a human? (laughs) Like, what is like, what's the big picture of this, which I am really interested in. But it's kind of like, you know, if you buy an iPhone, you know exactly what to expect from the operating system. And if you buy one of the other ones, so let's say like, I think it's a Samsung. If you buy like a Samsung phone, you get a totally different operating system, which means you buy two different phones. They are remarkably different because of the 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 actual guts and the hardware that make up their design. And then you can add on different apps and you can add cool screensavers and you can even get a cool case if you want. And you can like really yes. your own. But at the core, the machine operates in a particular way because of its own design. Wow. And that is how I've like helped to understand values. But also that to me like resonates about human design that it's like, no, honey, you were built this way. <laughs> like you, you were programmed internally in your micro settings to be this way. That least that was so deep. Like <laughs> I have never heard that analogy, but listen to me. If you ever hear me say that again, know that I stole, stole, stole that from you because I'm like, I got to listen to that part again. That analogy was a perfect, mm. that was perfect. It was so fitting for both values um, and uncovering your values and also your unique human design. That was yeah. Powerful. Uh, you just go ahead and send them my way. Oh, that was amazing. So then what I really want to know, and I I don't know, you I don't know if you know this, because I think that you came to human design after your doctoral degree, right? Yes, correct. Shit. I would love to know what each of those women uh had as their human design and how that related to their own definition of success. I wouldn't even be surprised because, you know, each of the centers on our human design chart lead to something. So there's like a willpower center. Mm -hmm. There's a manifestation center. There's like, we have these different centers that lead to things. And um, if you're open in certain areas, you, you get energy from other people. And so it wouldn't surprise me that, you know, in some of these areas, like the women who didn't feel like they were putting in enough work because they identified hard work with success, but maybe they didn't have their will will center defined. Right. And so maybe they're copying off of their spouse who doesn't have it defined. And they're also not putting in a lot of work or whatever it may be. Um, So we pick up energy from other people. And that would be really interesting to see because Um, we are, con- like I said, mentioned earlier, we're conditioned a certain way based on who are, who's our, in our inner circle, how mm-hmm. we perceive things that we've experienced, how, what society sells us. And mm-hmm. so that would have been a very fascinating piece to kind of, um, to kind of weave in for sure. That's so interesting. I had my human design read a couple of years ago and I, it was so complicated to me. Like, I just thought it was so complex that I, I took. I didn't understand like where all the arrows were going. And I don't know. I probably heard of my own design that I was like, 
this is not how I consume information. And like yeah. as a human design reader, you should know that about me. Like put it in a song or a cool video. Yeah. With- <laughs> <laughs> this is not, don't give me charts and arrows because it does not, it literally does not compute. So the only they should thing- have broken it down. I'm sorry, they because there is literally a, an, an arrow on your chart that tells you if you're a passive learner or like an active learner. So like they should have been able to pay attention and determine how they could actively or passively engage you with the material. I'm sorry, that, that stinks. As an example, like I we um. I did, we don't have grade 13. We have something called OAC. And I actually don't think we have that anymore in Canada. But um, when I was going to school, we had that. And so I, I, without playing any sports, like I played zero sports in my final year of high school. And I won the phys ed award because, because phys ed at that level was all like kinesiology and memorization. And I put all of the parts of the human body into a song. And I was like, well, this is a cakewalk. Like, as long as I remember every actual athlete in my class, my very, very athletic phys ed teacher, like I watched the look of disdain as he, as he handed me the award for like the phys ed award. But anyway, I was going to say in my human design, the only thing that I remember that I took away from it was like, hey, the first 40 years of your life or the first half of your life was really hard. And then the, the, the next 40 or the, the, the next half is going to be really easy. And I was like, cool. That's all I need. That's all I need to know. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Honestly, message received. But now I want to go back and have it done and like start to, you know, I, uh, you know, as we get older and we get more specific and we just do this whole experience is about coming to know yourself really, really well. Right. And as I get to know myself better, I'd love to know more about how my human design kind of factors into that. Yeah, how it plays a role. Yeah, the more you know yourself, the more effective I feel like you can show up. And the more you give yourself, the thing with human design that I will say, and then I'll I'll leave it. I got to talk about it all day, but it's permission to be you. That's yeah. that, that was probably my biggest um, takeaway because I think a lot of times we all want to fit in this in this box and it's okay to say like, yeah. you know what, that's not my box. I'm not meant to fit in there. Like I can just be me and I'm okay with that. And that, that's so huge. Oh, I'm passionate about that. I love that. Um, what do people come to work with you for? Like if people are listening and they're really interested in what you're saying, what's your, what does your ideal client look and feel like? Yeah. So um, my ideal client is someone who has a major goal or vision or aspiration for their life and they feel stuck. They feel trapped and they're like, I really want to be able to get from here to there. And my my job is to really help them bridge that gap. And I I do that in a really unique way. Um, I do that through a three-pillar system. Um, I do that through first and foremost human design. Mm -hmm. So really understanding your unique human design. Then we weave in NLP to Mm -hmm. help you understand your mindset because um, I feel like change, 90% of change starts in your mind, right? I can give you all the skills and strategies and support in the world. But if your mindset isn't aligned, it's not going to happen. So we weave in the NLP and then I have a proprietary method called the Elevate Method that helps you kind Mm -hmm. of elevate your life. Um, It's interesting, Lise, that you mentioned that because um, I started off as a coach helping people write books and that was an accidental piece of my business. Um, I kind of knew I wanted to start a business, but wasn't really in a season to start it. I went through a divorce. Mm -hmm. I was raising two kids, working a full-time job, a part-time job and getting my doctorate, right? So I was balancing all these things. And um, I ended up writing a book because I just had a group of women um, at my local church actually ask me like, 
how do you balance all the things? And I was like, oh, I should probably write like the book. So I wrote an ebook with the intention that I was going to like give it to the women and leave it. But after I wrote it, I was like, wow, I put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears figuratively into this thing. I might as well publish it. So published it. People started to ask me to support them with writing a book. Um, I coached around writing a book and I did that for several years, probably about three, uh, three to four years solely just doing that alone. And then um, it's still a big piece of my business. But what I realized is there's more below the surface of wanting to write a book. People write a book because they want to become a speaker. They want to become a coach. They want to change people's life with their voice. And so then I started to really coach around the goals right as it related to that specific goal. So um, my business is really just, I would say it started by accident and just grew <laughs> by accident too. Like I didn't even mean for it to happen that way, but yeah. I'm just so grateful that it has. I am so grateful for the world that it has too. I think that you're just exceptional. You have such oh, a- thank you. Take you one know one. <laughs> thank you. I just love it because you have such like, these are the best kind of people, right? Like you have real life, real world experience. Like you've been on the ground, you've been through the hardship and you've lived to tell the tale without attaching to the pain of your story. Yes. Which is allowing your story to inform your life. And moving on from there. And I'm, it's just, it's so, it's so beautiful because it's so bloody authentic. And I just, I respect you a lot. Oh, thank you so much. You like melted my whole heart. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Final thoughts in your own words and wisdom, how, how to be a human. Embrace yourself and mm-hmm. be you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I always say my final thoughts or word or actually favorite quote that I've been like holding tight to is do today what your future self will thank you for. And yeah. I don't mean burn yourself out and be super busy, but if your future self is going to thank you for getting eight hours of full rest so that you can be your best version of you, do that. If yeah. your future self is going to thank you because you stopped and painted your nails to make yourself feel pretty, do it. Like yeah. do today what your future self will thank you for. And that's how you can really make the most of this human experience by just being you and taking care of you on the journey as well. I also, I, I like agree wholeheartedly. Um, I like how you can kind of zoom out and then look at, <laughs> oh, rabbit hole. Um, I like how you can then look at like the multiple timelines of your life, right? Like to yes. allow yourself to fully be in the present, zoom out, look back at where you came from and how that has shaped you and what you need to let go of or move on from or detach from to fully be in the present while appreciating like, okay, where am I going and how do I behave in the future? And therefore, what do I actually have to do in the now to really embody that future self? It's like, okay, (laughs) I'm here for that, man. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I'm here for it too. (laughs) Thank you. Where Where can people find you? Okay, so I make it super easy because my name, my first name can kind of be difficult to spell. So I'm Nicolia, N-I-C-O-L-Y-A Williams, super easy. Um, But you can find me at Nicolia Williams across the board. I'm on YouTube, I'm on Pinterest, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook, and my website is also NicoliaWilliams.com. I would love to connect with you all further. Um, So please check me out and we can be like social media buds. I would love it. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. And it was really a pleasure to hear your voice again. (laughs) Oh, I know. I missed your voice too. I was so excited to hear from you. And the pleasure was seriously all mine, Lee. Seriously. Uh, I hope you have a beautiful 2021. You as well. There is no magic formula, except knowing that the magic formula is that we are all figuring this out, that there is no real end point. Each and every one of us is in a process of self-creation. What if there is no right way? 
What if there is no wrong way? What if there's just your way? How freeing would it be to know that every decision you make is the right decision for you? Can you love yourself enough to detach from outcome or from judging that things are good or bad and accepting that they just are? Yeah, you fucking can.